Hey folks, how are we doing? It's that time once again. It's Wednesday, the 27th of April, 2022, at 6 p.m. on the West Coast, 9 p.m. on the East Coast, 8 p.m. if I got that right down in Mexico. I don't know what time it is in the corner of the world that you're listening to, but this is the one, the only, Andy and Amanda Show. I didn't know it was on. on. Hey, folks, how you doing? This is Andy here, the Andy Demander Show. And um, you'll never guess, but uh, I'm going solo this evening, this afternoon, depending on what time it is, wherever you are. It's 9 o'clock in the East Coast. We're here in Hollywood Studios, where it is just after 6 p.m. on the 27th of April. Can't believe, oh, my gosh, this is... Month's almost over. Holy smokes, it is flying by. Time is flying by. As many of you know, we just completed our two-year anniversary, 400th episode a couple weeks ago. And, um, man, here we are still doing it to it. Hey, listen, our number to get on board here on the show is 515-605-9888. I'm here to take your calls. What's on your mind? What would you like to talk about? Help me out here. I am solo. Got some things we're going to cover here. And, um, you know, we got to figure out the... That's good. Figure out what we're doing here, I guess. You know, Who I am I? Why am I here? Uh, I don't know. That's what I ask ourselves on the show. You know what I mean? Keep them, you know? I don't know. Sometimes I get up in the morning and call myself a... Yeah, because I'm wondering, what the hell are you doing on the radio, guy? You know? Anyway, we're here, and this show's been doing great, and we're in in several countries, all more than several, many countries around the world, and with listeners and followers and all our social media and people listening to our podcast, we've had these special episodes that we just kicked off today. Some of you may have heard it already. Um... Uh, regarding uh, evolution, biological evolution of our species. We're going to be running some of those shows as we move ahead. A fascinating, fascinating subject, fascinating uh, guest that we'll be having on the show. And this is in tribute to my brother who just uh, died uh, got a little over a week ago. I can't believe it's still unbelievable. What a, what a ride, a tragic ride for sure. Anyway, we'll talk more about that later. But regardless, um, we are here on the Andy Amanda Show to take your calls live right now. 515-605-9888. You can also email the show. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about, what you want to talk about. You want to be a guest on the show, or maybe you know somebody who'd like to be a guest on the show who is some kind of VIP or celebrity or something like that, you know, athlete, sports person, movie person, you know, therapist or uh, politician, spokesperson, I know, whatever. You get the idea. Andy and Amanda Show at gmail.com because uh, this is what we do, and we talk about all sorts of, you know, all sorts of things. There's nothing we have not talked about on the show. And uh, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. Amanda couldn't make this particular episode. Lucky I made it, actually. Probably going to make this a shorter show. Um, she's got she's tied up with some uh, some music biz things, I think it is, or something, some kind of production. I don't know what it is. Anyway, she's definitely tied up there where she's been taking residence, um, interim residence in Mexico, away from her UK base, our base, the Andy Amanda Show, where she's normally uh, broadcasting from for the most part, but she's in Mexico and really, really enjoying it there, and and that's a good thing. And she's on our part of the world here. We're in California. She's just to the south of us. We've never met, as as most of you or many of you, or some of you never heard the show before. Amanda and I, my co-host, have never met. We've been doing the show for almost – well, she's been on board for almost two years, and um, four episodes, and, and we've never met. And the person who put together the show, Cornell Butler, back on the East Coast, he introduced us. We have never met, so go figure. Figure. You know, I look at some things over the past couple of weeks, some headlines. And one of the headlines and one of the news stories that's circulating, of course, other than the Russia 
uh, invasion of the sovereign country of Ukraine. Um, one of the other news headlines has been um, Elon Musk taking over uh, Twitter by way of a purchase of the company, taking it private. And um, I have a Tesla, and I'm such a – I love SpaceX. I love Elon. I love my car. Oh, my God, I can talk about it forever. It totally refines the experience of driving a car ownership. You get in that thing, even if you're taking a long trip, when you're, when you're at your destination, you're not ready to get out yet. You know, it's that, that kind of experience. It's amazing. And, and it drives by itself it's on the highway. It changes lanes. Uh, if it goes from one um, highway to another highway, it does it all by itself. It gets over. It goes in the interchange, whatever it needs to do. And uh, it's just incredible, very, very safe. I should have emphasized the word safely does all that, and it does do it safely. Every once in a while, there's a little hiccup here and there, but, it, you know, it's, it's an incredibly complicated machine. But, um, you, you, you know, you have to maintain vigilance at all times. It doesn't say you can't pay attention to, to your driving or where you're going anymore. You've, of course you do. You keep your hand on the wheel, and you operate the car safely. But what it does for you as a driver is incredible assistance it provides for the whole experience of driving Tesla, man, Elon Musk. All right. Now, enough of that. Uh, he's a multi, multi-billionaire. And, and I ran across this comment, and I want to play it for you regarding the actual net worth of combined net worth of all the billionaires, primarily in the United States. Let's take a listen. Let's, let's, let's listen to this. This is absolutely fascinating. Tell me if you agree. Here you go. As of 2018, there are 2,208 billionaires across the world with a combined wealth of 9.1 trillion U.S. dollars. If the wealth of billionaires was measured as a yearly GDP, they would have the third largest economy in the world, ahead of Japan and Germany combined. And the wealth of the billionaire class has been steadily increasing over time. Just two years ago in 2017, the billionaire class was worth only $7.67 trillion. And just as recently as 2000, the billionaire class wasn't even worth $1 trillion. At the very, very top of the billionaire class are 10 individual people, the 10 wealthiest people in the world. The top eight of these men, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Bernard Arnoltz, Carlos Slim, Amancio Ortega, Larry Ellison, and Mark Zuckerberg have a combined wealth greater than the bottom 50% of the human population, or 3.85 billion people. What's also interesting, though, is the way that extreme wealth and people tend to congregate in the same few parts of the world. An ultra-high net worth individual is a person who has a minimum net worth of $30 million, and most of them, 70% to be exact, live in just these 10 cities across the world. Tokyo, Osaka, Hong Kong, Paris, London, New York City, Washington DC, Chicago, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. Half of these mega concentrations of the world's wealthiest are cities inside of America, which struggles with its own economic inequality problem. Well, there you have it. Unbelievable numbers. And it's true. And, you know, sometimes you sit back and wonder. Everybody's kind of paving the way, making a living, doing whatever you're doing. And I know we have some very high net worth people who chime into the show every once in a while. When I mean high net worth, I mean worth over $30 million. And I, I said to me, if you some stuff from more than a million dollars are very high net worth, holy smokes, and uh, liquid, you know, liquid. Anyway, um, so if you have properties and so forth and money in the bank, you, you know, somebody could say, well, hell, my net worth is over a million dollars, but I'm making $70,000 a year and getting by paycheck to paycheck and day by day. But, you know, so there, and there's everything in between that. We, we know all that. But anyway, I just started thinking, like, what does it take to to – become a very high net worth person and, and that is a tremendous amount of work a tremendous amount of insight a tremendous amount of, tremendous amount of fortitude uh, and, um, and very innovative ideas and, and never being afraid of the word no or failure you cannot be afraid of the word failure or of no you've got to be able to go to the end of the diving board take that dive off go into a culture into a place into an environment that perhaps you've never been before and do it with commitment and see what happens in terms of a business, in terms of an idea, in terms of a way to and, – and all these you – know, you know, it's really interesting when you see these um, folks promoting uh, you know, ads on various internet uh, you know, social platforms. And, hey, I made uh, – you know, I used to be a bartender. Now I make a million dollars a year, and I blah, 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 blah. And, and my course – let me show you how I did it. Just, just click this here, 
and you'll get a video, and I'm going to train you everything how to do it in this video. Then you watch the video, and the whole video tells you how you should subscribe and pay all this money so he can go through the training course and how every you know all these people have been done very well by t- listening to this person, whoever it might be, this guy or girl. It's all a bunch of crap. You know that. If the person did that well, they wouldn't be doing, they wouldn't be trying to peddle their services on the internet for the most part. There might be some exceptions, but for the most part. Anyway, but um, it's true about the billionaires. And you know, can you imagine, can you imagine, just imagine, if a group of billionaires got together and gave several billion dollars to the to the homeless, to the hungry, to the undereducated, to the people struggling to pay off bills and credit card debt and getting by and maintaining several jobs just to just to live. Maybe have kids at home doing that. My gosh, you know, I mean, and I, I got to be honest with you, folks. I I've been in life. I've done very very well. In, in several businesses very well. And I've also been at the space where I didn't know my next meal was coming from and every point in between that, having kids in the whole nine yards. I was never starving. I was never out on the street. But there were times where where I was very, very concerned. Let's just put it that way. I managed to pull through. When I've had a lot of my own businesses, I started my professional life as a, as a commercial jet pilot. And I did that successfully. I've got a lot of, a lot of time, experience and time doing that. And I've, I've got a lot of time teaching others on how to fly airplanes. It's something I can always fly back, fly back on, get it? Uh, fall back on. But I've also spent my uh, my professional career owning businesses. I've had a yacht brokerage firm. I owned a full-service advertising, marketing, public relations firm, a graphic design business. I've, I've uh, patented products, uh, established distribution uh, programs throughout the world for, for patented environmental-oriented products um, with a partner, um, and done all that with, with no capital, just, just with an idea, with energy. Let's make this happen. Let's go, 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 go. And you can, too. And I'm not one of these guys who said, hey, I made millions of dollars and I'm, I'm very wealthy because I, I, I may have grossed that much, but I, I didn't make that much. But I did well. Okay. You know, can't complain. But, but my point being is that you can do this. You know, you can do this. You know, and I, I started businesses with nothing, just an idea and made cold calls. Picked up the phone and made cold calls. Hi, I'm Andy. This is what I do. I'd love to come and talk to you about it. You know, and, and it worked. You know, within months, I had employees that I had to pay because I was getting so busy. So, so and I'm not, I'm not you know, trying to persuade anybody just to quit your job and go start a business, but I'm saying if you want to jump ahead of where you're at, if you feel if you feel suffocated, if you feel stifled in your life, you're not you're not making things happen that you could be able to make happen. Why? Go go in the future, four years, three three four five years. Where do you see yourself right now? Five years. It's five years from now. Where do you see yourself? What would you love to be doing ideally? What do you want to be doing? What's your name badge say that I did? Then let's walk backward and figure out how we got there and make it happen. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, not that you're going to be a billionaire or even a millionaire, but there's something so incredibly rewarding about the freedom that financial independence generates. Whether you make a lot of money or a medium amount of money, whether you make enough money, hey, I get by, it's cash flow. Sometimes I have positive months, sometimes I have negative months, but I'm generating my own cash and I'm getting by and I'm my own boss or I've got a partner or a group of people, whatever, however you might do it. Or I'm an independent agent, you know, getting a 1099, selling something, whatever it might be, but doing well doing it. I pick up the phone, I make calls, write emails, do whatever. Go out there and make it happen, man, because you can. You can. I did it. And I'm, believe me, I'm a pilot. What the hell do I know, right? I'm a guitar player professionally. That's what I do now. This is, this is a sideline business for me, the, the production and the media company. Uh, all right. Anyway, you know, um, so that's one thing I noticed. Oh, you know what else I've been picking up on a lot was this Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. You know, they started with the Black Lives Matter, and, and, and I, it, it came upon me. I started thinking about that and had to do some research. You know, I dug, dug deep so I could find – other people commenting about my pretty much my own feelings about this and that well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let me, i'll just play this so let's, let's, take, let's take a listen then i don't need to say anything about it but but here we go this is regarding black lives matter and uh, uh <clears throat> blue lives matter not saying that they don't but take a listen to this okay listen this is important and i want us to reach the largest amount of people he's asking me if i am against blue lives matter and i am that's right for multiple reasons Number one is that that flag was created 
against a genuine flag that had a purpose and a grievance. You basically took the Black Lives Matter flag, which is a flag of great importance, and you changed it to fit your narrative and create a soundbite. Because when Black Lives Matter was created, it was about raising awareness on equality on a group of people that were oppressed and still are oppressed to this day. They never said that they matter more than other people. They just said that they matter. They can't change the color of their skin. They can't solve it that way. We are who we are as black people. But this blue life matter stuff is different. There's no such thing as a blue life. There's cops and they're everywhere. But it's a job. And if you don't like your job or you feel that you're not fit to it, then you can just quit and leave. But black people cannot leave the color of their skin. They cannot shed it. Cops are not in a protected class, and you're not an oppressed class either. Your job is tough and it's hard. Yeah, I get it. There's a lot of jobs that are hard, but it doesn't mean you're an oppressed class. You're just not. And the fact that you took the message from Black Lives Matter and copied it a little bit to sound like yours in Blue Lives Matter, is kind of shitty. And then you use the American flag to weaponize it by changing one strip of its color and then making it black. And the worst part is that that flag has become a dog whistle of white supremacy. That is why it's not even allowed in certain spaces. So yeah, there's no blue lives. There's just people with a job that they can leave anytime they want. Yeah, so that about says it all. What I was about to say, so I just figured I'd play that clip. Um, and that, that's true. Anybody disagree? 515-605-9888. I know we have listeners out there. And if you are international, and I know a lot of listeners are, we're in 20 some odd countries around the world. Hello, world. Um, you can get on the show by emailing Andy and Amanda show at gmail.com and let us know you want to join the show. And we will send you a link to join the show via the Internet. All you need is a headset and a microphone so you can you know, talk over the Internet like you would, you know, whatever, a Skype call or something. And you can join the show over the Internet. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, Black Lives Matter. I remember when the Black Lives Matter um, flag, slogan, stickers, so forth, T-shirts, the whole nine yards first came out. And right away, blue lives matter, every lives matters, blah, 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 blah. But that wasn't the point. Of course all lives matter. Of course. Who do you think? Come on. Of course. But but the, the thing is that it, it was indicative of the suppression that the that if you have black skin, look at the history and don't say, oh, there's no, this isn't a racist country. It is a racist country. Holy crap, man. You know, it's unbelievable. And, and we call this country one of equality. I will say this. There is, there's opportunity, as I said before, you know, pick up the phone and make a cold call. Who knows what, what might land? It might be better than winning the lottery. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not in terms, of a, you know, in terms of your life, in terms of how happy you are, in terms of what you're able to do, not just getting somebody handing you money. But I don't care if you're black, white, indigenous, you know, wherever you're, whatever, you know, pick up the call, make a, you know, you have expertise, whatever field you feel you have an expertise in, make a cold call. Don't use the internet, by the way. Everybody's, oh, web, website, website, bullshit. I got to tell you, 94% of the population in North America, it used to be 99%, and it's 94%, and these things, 94% of the population of America and before I continue, I want to let you know I find this a little bit hard to believe too, but it's true. 94% of the population listens to streaming radio, streaming audio at some day part, whether it's an alarm clock in the morning, listening to news in your car on the way to work, your local news station or sports station or talk station, <clears throat> whatever it might be, um, music station, you know, uh, your, your shower, uh, your Bluetooth speaker, whatever it might be in the morning. Um, 94% of the population listens to radio. I'm talking broadcast radio at some point during the day. If that weren't true, then the advertising medium of radio would not be a multi-billion dollar industry. And you'd see radio stations filing uh, for bankruptcies in, in mass numbers. Right? Think about it. Radio works. Radio works. And when people start thinking about, oh, a, a, a website, got a website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All important. Hey, welcome to 2020. Welcome to the session today. All right. Yeah, websites, uh, a tic tac, or what I call it there, ticker talker, uh, Instamatic, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, FaceTime, YouTube, whatever, whatever those things are. Obviously, I'm not too I got people 
that. But anyway, Cornell does a lot of that for us. But anyway, um, the um, radio radio really does work. And again, uh, the largest corporations in America, in North America, use radio to advertise. As a matter of fact, companies around the world, no matter if they're in, if they're in Antwerp, Belgium, or in, uh, Osaka, Japan, or in, in ha- Shanghai, or wherever they might be, you're going to hear commercial advertisements for businesses on radio because people listen to radio. Talk radio <clears throat> happens to be a wonderful way to get the word out, and I'll tell you why. Because when people listen to music stations, which I do, you know, okay, we all do, right, listen to music stations, and then they go to a commercial break, which usually is a lot longer than we'd like it to be, <clears throat> right, right, um, we switch the dial. We go to the next, hey, I want to go, I'm on 101.1, I'm going to 103.1 to see what they have on because I don't want to hear all these commercials, right? Talk radio offers engagement. In other words, if I'm talking about something and people are interested in it, and I've got this engaging conversation going, i callers coming in, which we don't have right now, but we could, 515-605-9888. Um, they, and then I say, hey, we're going to be right back. Don't go away. George, we're coming right back talking to you. we got Joe, Ben, Arnold, Stephanie, Lisa, uh, all on the line. We're going to get to all of you. Don't go away. We'll be right back. We're going to pick up the conversation where we left off right after these commercials. And then you have the commercials, whatever it might be, right? And you're there. You listen because it's engaging. Talk radio is a really, really great way to advertise, by the way. Really good way. And I'm not soliciting this station particularly. Well, yes, I am. Our program, we like sponsors. Anyway, and, and we reach a lot of people. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yes. So um, just like I was saying about radio works and um, cold calls also work. People say, well, let me send me an email. Send me your stuff. Send me a link. Here's my website. We're, what are we becoming? What kind, of, what kind of society is this becoming? You know, I started a business by picking up the phone, going through the yellow pages. The, there was no internet. Seeing where, my, seeing where my finger landed and calling that company to see if I could be of service to them in providing advertising, marketing, public relations, graphic design, logos, advertising, radio, TV, print, blah, 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 brochures, annual reports, you name it, we did it. Right? Safe of 30 people after, after about a year in business. I did, I did work for the Trump Organization in the 80s when he was building his hotel casino there. That's another story. But how did I start that business? And we did a lot of volume. A lot. How did I start it? By making cold calls. I hired people to come in, sit behind the desk, go through the phone book or whatever you want, and make cold calls. You make the call. I'll go on the appointment with you and show you how this works. Today, the best way to get business is not by the Internet, but by personal contact, relationships. People tend to make buying decisions out of a relationship, if you've got the product behind you, that is, of course. People, I hope a lot of people know better than to buy a piece of crap, some scam artist. With Trump University. Anyway, <clears throat> move on. Um, slip that in there. Anyway, uh, people like to make decisions and like to uh, to associate with other people that they have a good time with, that they respect, they feel they're getting on steel, they're sincere, they maybe even share a beer lunch and talk about their families and this, and they, you get an idea who this person is I'm about to begin hopefully a long-term relationship with. And that begins with a phone call, not by, oh, I'm going to write an email and see if I can get this person to, car, to, to get back to me, and maybe I'll get business from them. Come on. Give me a break. There's no, how do you know who this person is or this girl, guy, whatever, you know, whatever, this group, this mark, you know, pick up the phone, find out who the contact is that handles that, the, the department of the, uh, of the area of business that you're representing is, you know, you know, whatever. If it's a print buyer, then who buys the printing? Right. If it's a person who buys the steel for manufacturing, who is that person? Who's your steel buyer? You get you get my idea. Right. Guy who buys cars for the dealership. I got a bunch of cars in my lot. I'd like to talk to you about them. Come over and let's have lunch. Let me show you what I got. Right. Pick up the phone, make a call, begin a relationship. That's how you become successful, folks. That's how it works. So many people start, start, you think, oh, yeah, I want to start a business. I want to corporate, get, you know, go to the company corporation, start something in Delaware for a couple hundred bucks. Ooh, I got my LLC. Whoa, we got my corporate seal. Arf, arf. No, my corporate seal. And um, and I got my business, and now I'm going to uh, develop. Oh, I got a website. Ooh, I had a friend help me, or I had this company help me. You give me cheap. Ooh, got Wix.com, or got this, or got WordPress, whatever it is. Look at my fancy website. 
Now, what are you going to do? Well, I want to email. I want to find. I want to email businesses who I might want to do business with and, and see if, who comes back and shows an interest. Would you please give me a break? Pick up the damn phone and make a call, would you? And, and somebody on the end of the phone might say, um, let me check out your website. You say, well, you know what? i got to be honest with you. I don't have one. You don't have a website? No, and I'll tell you why. Because it doesn't matter. If, I, if, I, if my website said that I am the greatest steel supplier in the world – and here's what I do, and here's pictures of my plant, and here's my iron castings pour, and whatever it is I do in the steel business, I don't know, whatever it is, um, and I showed it to you, you look at it and say, ooh, ooh, look at that, look at that, I'll be damned. You, I, I want to tell you on the phone, I don't have a website, but I want to come in and talk to you. Take 15 minutes out of your day. 15 minutes out of your day, I want to talk to you. I want to meet you. Let's talk. Let's see if we can work together and I can be of service to you because I'm pretty unique. I'd love to be able to tell you how and why in person, not on the website because the website ain't going to do it. I'm telling you that right now. It ain't going to happen. Pick up the phone. Start a damn relationship. That's how you become successful in business, folks. I'm getting away track. How am I doing all this? I don't know. Anyway, you can see how passionate I am about it because I've done it. I am passionate about what I've done and who I am and what I do. That's why I do what I do, not because I need to go out. And, I'm not going to work for a living. You kidding me? Work for a living? I hate the word work. You know, I, I'm passionate about certain things in life. I, I love the things I love in life. I love life. And there's things in life that I love, that I'm passionate about. And, and, and hopefully you, it's contagious. My passion is contagious. And you can feel it. And you want to join me and you want to do this too. There's nothing better than wake for me to wake up in the morning and get paid to be Andy. That's what I do for a living. And you can do that too. Believe me, you can. I am nobody special. I'm a dumb pilot. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to insult pilots. I'm a pilot. I'm a very smart, bright, capable pilot. And I got out of the industry for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons was the instability of the industry at the time. For those, oh, you're hired. Oh, you're different. Oh, you're back on. And also looking ahead at that time of a, a decades of a career where I fly people around. It's a great job. Don't get me wrong. It's a great, it's a best, probably, if you got to work for something, it's probably the best job you can have um, as a job, if you want a job. Um, but I looked, uh, you know, I was missing that relationship. I was missing being connected. I was missing being, making something happy, making a difference in the lives of other people outside of being a chauffeur in the air. Not to put down pilots, because I am a pilot, and, and I respect pilots tremendously. And I taught a lot of people how to fly. I've got a whole Air Force out there. So, um, but I, I got to tell you something. There is nothing better than waking up in the morning and getting paid not to do what you do, but to be who you are. You following me? And you can do this on the side even. When I first started, you know, I was between flying jobs. I worked for this ad agency for a while. I made cold calls. Nobody knew who the ad agency was I was with because I made a cold call. I said, hey, I'm Andy. I want you to come in and talk to you. What do, I didn't know anything about advertising. My education is in aeronautics and aviation airplanes and teaching people flying and flying jets and all this crap. That's what I did. I taught people how to pass FAA written exams. That's what I did. Right? I picked up the phone. I said, hey, Mr. Plumber, I want to come and talk to you about your plumbing business and let's highlight your uniqueness. Let's make something happen. Let's get you out there. What's the perception when people think about your business? Are they thinking the Nike logo? When you see the Nike logo, what do you think of? Sneakers, right? Do you know how much they paid for you to know what that logo meant? Not about their sneakers, but about what their logo means. You could do that as a small business, right? What is the perception of when, when people see your identity? What do people think of when they think about well, your, your competitors, your clients, your potential clients? When they see your logo, your identity, what are they, what's their perception in their head? Joe Schmo from Tokyo? Nothing. I don't know who this person is. What do they do? Right? So how do you do that? Oh, let me, let me let's do a website. That's going to get you business? I don't think so. I mean, there are some exceptions, of course, but, but generically, no. Relationship is what gets you business. Relationship gets you business. I don't know how I got so far off target, but I hope you've enjoyed this spiel of mine. Just because I'm passionate about it, like I am about life. The last person we heard from talked about the flag. The black lives matter than the blue lives matter. Yes, all lives matter, but black lives matter has nothing to do with a job that you can quit. Right? Remember that? If you're joining the show right now, I'll go on the podcast. So here, in the meantime, I want to I wanna talk about and, and a clip from somebody else uh, uh, sending us. By the way, if you want to send us a, a audio recording of your opinion on something or, or TikTok, 
whatever it might be, um, just email it. Email your order recording to Andy and Amanda Show at gmail.com. We'll play it on the air, maybe, you know, probably, unless it's really offensive of some sort, you know, but, but that has yet to happen. So if you want to send us something or recommend an audio clip that we should play, send us a link or your own audio clip. We'll play here right now regarding the American flag. And here, and, and here's why I'm play this. I'm, I'm in the, uh, I love sailing and boating. And I hang, I'm in Southern California and I'm on boats all the time. And that's a whole other, that's a whole other subject. I've got a whole other show about boats. But anyway, um, when Trump became president, somehow the American flag got associated with, with the insanity of the Trump administration and, and who he is and his policies and his corruptness and his lying and his, his, you know, gallivanting around the country, spreading more lies and lies, which he continues to do today. And they fly the flag and, and sometimes when now, and I can't believe this, because I noticed it the other day, I see the American flag. I don't think of the American flag like I used to. I see the American flag and I say, there's a Trumpy, which may be very far from the truth. But that's just, I, gotta, I knock myself in the head saying, Andy, don't go down that road. It's not true. You're making that up. That's not true. Right? But let's take a listen to this. But I found it, you know, when I, when I see people flying flags everywhere, I think of Trump. Holy crap. It's a, I can't be any further than where I, apart from him than I where I want to be. And many of you I know are like-minded. Let's take a listen to this. My most recently pinned video regarding not wanting to fly a U.S. flag because the Trumplicans have made it equivalent to the Confederate battle flag or even a Nazi battle flag. That, that's what you people have turned the flag of the United States of America into a symbol of fucking hate, repression, fascism. And I pinned that video and like it maybe I'm troll proof now. <gasps> <laughs> really? But that anyway, just further reiterates, for the most part, what I was uh, saying before. And it's not true. I made that up, that when you see the American flag pick at Trump, not true. It's a made story. But, uh, but the association of people carrying the Confederate flags and the U.S. flags and Trump, 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 and all those rallies, and America, hey, patriot, I'm a patriot. What the hell is it? Look, I'm not going to tell you. I want you to look up what a patriot is. Look it up. Do a Wikipedia or an encyclopedia or internet, whatever you want to do. Look it up. And and you tell me you you tell me why people who identify with the with the former president who should have never been um, president um, call themselves patriots. If you're a patriot, call me and tell me why. Five one five six zero five nine eight. We'll get into it. I promise you, we'll get into it big time. Should you dare to call me? I don't bite. I'm actually a nice guy. I really am. Hey kids. All right. Anyway. Um, okay. Ask my wife. No. Ask ask Amanda. Ask Amanda. Is Andy pet my dog? We had to put our poor golden retriever down. He's so cute. He's amazing. Golden retrievers are amazing dogs. They're an amazing breed. And I used to, you know, people used to comment my dog Jake, our family dog Jake, for for so long. He's an amazing golden, just incredibly bright, sensitive, loving. Just you can do anything to him. Just love. They, I would love you anyway. He's just such a great dog. But and I used to tell people, you know, I love to take credit and think it's Jake, but it's the breed. And, and some of you out there know golden retrievers, and and they're just amazing dogs. Now, how do you get to that? Or, uh, where's Amanda? Or, uh, or, anyway. Anyway. Let's move right along here. Oh, you know what I wanted to talk about? I wanted to talk about their... Um, yes, I, I, I got another clip here. Because we, we try to promote the show as reality show. In other words, we talk about a lot... During the campaigns, the Trump campaign, Biden campaign, the primaries, the whole nine yards... Uh, George Floyd, the whole thing, you know, we may have come off as a very liberal, left-leaning type of show, but we just dive into the truth behind the headlines. We are a reality show in terms of saying was real. We've had people come up here, oh, Trump's going to win. They've called our show. Trump's going to win, man, landslide. You see all the people come out to his rallies. He's going to win this thing. That doesn't say he's going to win the election. We see it at a time. I don't care if four people came out for Biden. Sometimes they did. He won fair and square. And, oh, but all the people who come out. That's a bunch of crap. I hope you've all, all you Trump folks who've done those rallies and so forth have learned this by now. It doesn't really matter. Substance is what matters. Truth is what matters. Integrity is what matters. Sensitivity is what matters. Compassion is what matters. Life is what matters. Getting along is what matters. Being good to each other is what matters. 
And you got people like Dennis Prager, the, the radio commentator, who's, who creates this every single show. Oh, the left, everything the left touches, they destroy. The left this, the left this, the left destroying the world, the left is destroying the country. This Prager guy's a nut. He's a great guy. I have a lot of respect for him. He's probably one of the few radio commentators who represents everything I despise, um, who I like a lot. <laughs> Go figure. He's a great guy. I, I mean that. And also, Sarah Dennis, if you hear the show. I want to invite Dennis on the show. I, and I've called your show before. And and he's, he's told me on the show how much he likes me, and I've told him how much I like him. We might think we do agree upon some things, and we do. We hit these things, and we agree, and we talk about them. You know, some, you know, some, you know. I'm not going to get into it now, but we do agree about some things. And um, and I tell him when I disagree with him, but I, I have utmost respect and admiration for who Dennis, Dennis Prager is as a person. I think he's off the wall. I think he lives through life with blinders on. Um, he doesn't see the real world. He doesn't know what the real problems facing our, our country are. He just does not know. But I don't blame him for not knowing. I don't blame him for it. Um, but uh, he's a great guy. So check out the Dennis Prager show. Tell me if you agree with anything he says. 515-605-9888. And uh, what I'm going to do now is play, um, speaking of, you know, looking at, at life be, you know, behind the headlines and being perceived as being very left-leaning. Let me, uh, I can do everything in terms of clips instead of my own words. I kind of like that better. But let's play this clip. Here we go. This is probably the most toxic thing that liberals do. In fact, it's probably the thing that stopped me from identifying as a liberal and then got me to start identifying them as political adversaries. It is their constant and never-ceasing habit of doing political half-measures, band-aids, and virtue signaling instead of addressing real problems. At the beginning of the pandemic, they're happy to call essential workers heroes, as long as it doesn't actually mean improving the conditions that they have to live with. Instead of doing something about police violence, they'll just make sure that the next Supreme Court appointment goes to a black woman. They seem to be able to identify the problems with our system. And in some cases, they actually seem to feel bad about them. But they're completely incapable of actually affecting systemic change to fix any of those issues. That is so damn true. Think about it. Uh, you know, we need, you know, what's that's a you know, black person, a black woman on the Supreme Court, you know, Black Lives Matter, blah, blah, blah. The Band-Aid type of responses that Democrats continue to, to pontificate and to put out there and campaign upon, but they don't do anything about it when they get in the office. I find that Republicans, although some of the policies I do, many of the policies I don't agree with philosophically, intellectually, in terms of life and people of this of this country, I don't agree with. That's the, a lot of their platform. I do agree with some of the things. I got. I do. I do. But um, the Democrats. And I've been a Democrat most of my life. I'm pretty sure I'm registered independent now. I did change it to independent. I know I did that. So anyway, and I've supported Republicans in the past and supported many Democrats, but I have supporters in the past, let the truth be known. Um, but after hearing this several times, I'm putting this clip on the show. He's right. The Democrats seem to get out there and identify these problems, education, hungry, you know, getting people off of welfare, jobs, da-da-da-da, da-da-da. Yeah, 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 I need to fix all that. And then they get in office and nothing happens. Now, historically, the economy, believe it or not, go back to the past seven presidents, the economy has done much better under Democratic administrations than Republicans. That is an absolute bona fide true fact. People say, oh, the gas prices of the economy, da-da-da, stock, da-da-da. Historically... We have done much better under Democratic administrations than we have in Republican administrations. And that is, again, that is a fact. Research it. Look it up yourself. I'm not going to tell you how to. I'm not going to spoon feed you like some of the commentators do. Look it up yourself. All right? If you find something different than what I just told you, then let me know the sources. AndyDemandershow at gmail.com. All right. Anyway, so uh, – but I will say this, uh, that Republicans – you know, thinking about it, and I'm being very general here. This isn't being specific. Just thinking about it, and I, I could be wrong. You know, I, I'm, I'm, if I'm wrong, it just seems to me that Republicans are more solution-oriented than identifying problems. I think that's true. Now that I'm sitting here behind this microphone, just kind of, you know, kind of thinking. Yeah, I think that the Republican Party tends to be more 
proactive in terms of providing solutions in search of problems, right, rather than problems in search of solutions. Think about that. Hmm. Interesting, eh? Interesting. We'll talk more about that. And I can't, you know, I'm looking forward to Amanda to coming back on the show again. She couldn't make it today. I'm here flying solo. I can't believe I'm doing this whole show by myself. Holy crap. Anyway, here I am. Um, what was I going to say? Do you, anybody? Where's Amanda? I said, Amanda, what was I going to say? Um, anyway, tell me if you'd agree. 515-605-988, andyandmandashow at gmail.com. Does anybody know, does everybody remember? I'm not thinking that this far back. When some people didn't know any shit, they sat back and they listened to shit and they learned some shit. And here, you got to hear this. Listen to this. This is funny. Listen. But there used to be a time when we had two groups of people. You have people who know shit and people who don't know shit. <laughs> and, and back in the day, the people who didn't know shit respected the people who knew shit. <laughs> And you would be in a situation, it might be work or social situation, and the people who know shit would be talking about, well, I know some shit. Yeah, I know some shit. Let's talk about shit we know. I know shit. And the people who don't know shit would kind of hang in the back. And they'd be quiet, and you'd be like, well, why aren't you talking? I don't know shit. I don't know shit. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to try to learn some shit. <laughs> Pretty cute. I remember those days. I'm going to touch uh, uh, over the next few minutes again over um, what we just spoke about previously. I had a little little break there, a little comedy break um, regarding the plot of folks. Well, I'm, again, I'm, I'm going to just play this. I'm going to play this, and we'll talk about it afterward. Just take a listen. Here we go. I'm going to say more about this next clip. Just take a listen to it. How many people know about one of the greatest civil rights heroes I can almost guarantee you did not learn about in school? I'm talking about Mr. Robert Smalls. Born into slavery in 1839, he was about 22 years old when the Civil War broke out. He convinced the white supremacists who refused to free him to at least let him learn how to become a sailor. The white supremacists agreed. He gained the trust of a Confederate ship captain, and when the ship captain left the ship, he stole the boat, picked up his wife and kids, and fled Confederate waters. But that's just where his story begins. After fleeing Confederate waters, he hands it over to the Union, then convinces President Lincoln to allow black soldiers to enlist and fight for their freedom as well. Robert Small single-handedly enlisted 5,000 black soldiers to the Union Army, but he still wasn't done yet. After the Civil War ended, Robert Smalls returned to South Carolina and got elected to the state legislature, but he still wasn't done. Robert Small then helped establish the public school system in South Carolina, but he still wasn't done. He then got elected five times to United States Congress one of the first black people in history to do so. Follow the money. This is how important cotton was. What kind of money are we talking about? 1840, cotton made 59% of all U.S. exports. This is 16, 15 years before the Civil War. 1.5 million pounds with about 700,000 slaves, and you can see how that changed. 2.25 billion pounds and almost 4 million slaves. This is what made America wealthy. This was the formation of wealth. And folks, I just want to make sure as a side note to say, I hope you don't think that the money made from slavery just dissolved and went up into the air. Yes, sometimes we'll talk about historical fact here on the show. The plight of the indigenous people. The plight, the plight of people who, who are not white. Immigration. Do you, know, do you know something that occurred to me? Well, a long time ago, actually. We talked about it on the show. That although Trump's had two years of owning the House, the Senate, the White House... Couldn't get anything done regarding him. You just go, oh, we need that wall. And now you see videos of people climbing over the parts of the wall that he did get built, very small parts. You just climb over with the ladder. Oh, nobody's going to be able to penetrate that wall. Hey, you know, look at the video. Look at YouTube. You just put a little ladder up and they hop right over the damn thing. Uh, nobody knows walls about better than I do. Yeah, bullshit. Crap. Anyway, um, so um, 
Do you know how many corporations employ immigrants in this country and what their tax contributions are to our gross income of, as a country through the Department of Treasury? The billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Fact. Yeah. Yeah. So although it, they, 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 can, they can make this a huge problem. Immigration. Immig- oh, my. We got to stop all the immigrants. Holy crap. They're taking over the country. But corporations who really run the country, we all know that. That's not a secret, right? That's something we should be able to fix and, and tax them a little more, right? Right. Get some more of the money put into our system to be a better, better feed and, and raise the platform for the people who are at the bottom. Give them a little lift up, maybe. Be more effective and, and productive in society. Eh, just, just a thought. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, okay. So uh, immig- immigrants... Uh, many immigrants, some some legal, some actually who aren't officially here officially, but they're here, but they're on the payroll of corporations. They're getting taxes withheld on their W-2s, paying the Social Security, all that stuff you get when you, you, know, you get your pay stub and all these things are taken out. And uh, their contribution is pretty significant. And since they actually run the country and we make a political thing, immigration, immigration, but behind the scenes, knowing that companies and big corporations really run this country, they don't want they, – they can't make that. You know, it's okay. Just talk about it, band-aid it, say what you're doing. But we need those folks. We need them coming in here because they make great employees. They want to. They want to get ahead. They can't. They can't get ahead where they live. They want to get ahead here. We're going to give a paycheck to do it, and they pay. They pay tax in the billions of dollars. Yes, B, not M, B. Hmm. Hmm. Fact. Anyway. There we go. Oh, my goodness gracious. This show's been so so much fun. I can't believe I'm doing this solo. I really can't. Did I do this clip on the American flag yet? I think I did, didn't I? I think I did. Anyway. Anyway. Um, I hope uh, that you, many of you, most of you, some of you, have been able to listen to the show that preceded this on evolution, the human career, explore biological evolution of our species. That's a new series we're going to be running on the Andy Amanda program interspersed with a regular broadcast, a tribute and honor to the, to my brother, William Kimball, who just died at a very young age. Uh, he's a year and a half older than I am, um, a little over a week ago. And he was a professor at ASU, the former director of the Institute of Human Origins, an expert in this field, well-published uh, lecturer, uh, creator, uh, just, just unbelievable uh, what, what he accomplished and how much, um, Respect he has adorned over his career around the world. His death um, is touching millions, well, heck, millions of years of evolution and hundreds of people involved in discovering the millions of years of evolution very deeply. And in tribute to my brother, we're going to run a series about evolution, about how we got here. And, and you're going to hear interviews and you're going to hear live on our show um, discussions with experts, with, with PhDs, anthropologists, and biological paleontology, and anthropology, and uh, geology, and uh, astrology, what the hell? <laughs> Astronomy, I don't know. Well, anyway, you get the idea. Uh, about how we got here, evolution. Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating subject. And, and it's all backed up with so much evidence. And I, I've seen people on TikTok and various other social media that, that, think, that still to this day that get on there and pontificate how Adam and Eve and Scripture and blah, 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 and they just have no idea what they're talking about, no idea the clueless. And I, I don't mean to offend anybody. Believe me, if I've offended you, I really do apologize. But facts are facts, and there is evidence of revolution. It's there. If you don't want to look at it, then don't look at it. It's okay. I respect you. I, I, I admire your commitment to whatever floats your boat in your life. If it's belief in the Bible and Adam and Eve were the first humans on the world, if that's what does it for you, and I think that most of our listeners probably don't believe that. Some of you might. Um, for those of you who do believe that, then, then hey, fine. Okay, believe it. It's not true, but believe it. It's okay. I, I respect you. I respect your commitment to, to something that gets you through in your life for whatever reason that is. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, um, so what I thought I would do is I'm going to uh, break from my hearing myself talk here um, to maybe playing some music. And, and I'm going to start playing music. Our first tune is going to be from a talented uh, woman in Austin, Texas, named Natalie Moore. She came to Los Angeles. I found her at a, at a showcase event of singer-songwriters. She played a song. I asked her if she'd ever recorded with anybody before, ever had even a demo tape out or anything out. No. So I twick, 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 spit it out, Andy, quickly. 
spent, uh, she was supposed to go back to Austin. I made her stay and uh, took her to the studio and we put some things together. Here's one of the tunes that we did called Better Than That. This is Natalie Moore. You there, Cornell? Hey, what's up, Andy? How you doing? Thanks How's for joining everything? us, man. I'm doing great. Flying solo oh. today, man. Miss you guys. Hey, man. Oh, we miss you too, man, Andy. You know, we everywhere. We there, we there, we there, we there. <laughs> <laughs> Our numbers are really, are really starting to, to to really blast off, aren't they? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm so happy, man. People are starting to notice our show, and that's a great thing, man. Yeah, hell yeah, we like it. We've covered. I've been uh, doing the show solo, 
and we've talked about a lot of different things, discussed a lot of different things. Uh, it's hard to believe, but it's it's actually been, you know, this hour is flying by like uh, I can't believe it. And uh, miss yep. Amanda, miss you being part of the show. You know, you know. Hey, Amanda, say she love you and miss miss you and everything. You know, she'll be back on Friday with our special guest. Yes, we have, who is a special guest on Friday? Can we talk about that. What'd you say, Andy? Who's our special guest on Friday? Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I know somebody who's uh, a who's, trillion uh, six hundred billion worth. For, uh, yeah, a trillion yeah. four hundred billion worth. It's a, very a billion four hundred million. Excuse me, a trillion four hundred billion dollars. Yeah, somebody's very worth a lot of money. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. So how so how does it feel to do the show solo without the guys? I'm coming on the last seven minutes. So I apologize, audience. What, what, what? How you feel? Uh, I'm feeling kind of Miss Amanda. <laughs> oh, we know about that. Amanda, she, she's great. Yeah, she's pretty great. Yes, she is. You're both great together. Your chemistry is awesome, man. Very awesome. Thank you. And, and I might add, I may have to add, I was talking this in the beginning of the show, that you introduced Amanda and I, right, um, almost two years ago. The, the Coast to Coast show started in April uh, with Jake. Yes. With our man. JJ. <laughs> What's his name? Yeah, yeah. Jake. Yeah. Uh, Jay Booker there, you know, yeah, and it was a fun show. It was a good show, nothing wrong. But but you you came on and, and said, hey, I get this. Like you would do it, do it. You know, a better show, I mean, amazing show. Reach out to a whole lot of people, and I want to introduce this uh, woman who came on the And then you said you guys would make a great show and, and put it together for us. And two weeks later, here we are. You know, uh, four hundred some episodes in the, you know countries around the world with listeners all over the place. And you were the guy. Who made it all happen? So, you know, kudos. Oh, and no, we we all made it happen. So <laughs> we all made it happen. About you being a producer, executive production, Amanda, you know, you being the host, Amanda being the host, and the artist, the graphics, and me just being me, and we made <laughs> a good team. It's a good team. It's a great you show. Know? It's a good team. A lot of fun. Yes. A lot of fun. I was yeah. telling somebody last show that, one thing about us, we never argue. When we when we off air, everybody, we we the mm-hmm. same people. We don't argue, we don't fight, we laugh and joke behind the scenes. Yeah, we do. We're pretty much we're pretty much continue the conversations we have on the air, off the air. We're just and, and none of us have ever met. You know, we've never met. You know, never and, met uh, this guy in my life. Yeah, like we, we've never. My- yeah, yeah, and and the fun interesting thing is that. And this is what I've heard from from listeners and people who who are get, getting into the show and getting the idea of what we do, in terms of even marketing the show. It's like you know everybody, no matter if they want to deny it or not, everybody you know, if they hear somebody's conversation, they listen on somebody's conversations. You know, it's like a fly on the wall. You know, over here, what the people next to me are talking about. You might be on the train or something, reading the paper or whatever. But you know, even if you're reading the paper, you still hear what they're talking about. And and our show. Is a conversation. It all started with a conversation. We we've talked about a you know significant variety of of subjects from sex to politics to news headlines to to religion to philosophy to relationships and and cooking and flying uh, you know jets and broadcast media and and acting and you know all that we've talked about everything. There's nothing we haven't talked about and in a in a in a, in a nice conversation. And I think that's what I think that's what radio needs. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Anyway. So, Cordell, even though, even though you joined us uh, at the end of the show, yes, uh, you know, with our last remaining seconds here, I can't believe how fast. Oh, gosh. You know, just give me a break. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. You know. The th- think about our show. The secret show. is to enjoy it. you got to enjoy the Andy and Amanda show. That yes. being said... Uh, I'm sorry. I wanted to say this, Andy. The secret right. to a, a, a successful radio program is never meet your partners. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I think the, uh, the human yeah. element has been removed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, anyway, we're out of here. 
Uh, Cornell, thanks for your call. This has been a fun time. Oh, Andy Kimball, cool. we'll come back with Thank the full crew on Friday. We have a special guest on Friday. Don't miss Friday's show, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, whatever time that is, wherever you live around the world. So be it. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is when we go on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Andy and Amanda Show, 515-605-9888, and also Andy and Amanda Show at gmail.com, and look us up on all your favorite social media. We're there. And just ask Google, ask Alexa, play the Andy Mander show, and out you will hear our voices. Uh oh, uh oh. All right, Cornell, let's get out of here. Uh, definitely. Um, this is the Andy and Amanda show. Um, thank you, um, Andy Kimball, for being a great guy you are. And Amanda, we miss you. We love you. And me, Cornell, just doing my little seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all best, man. Take care. We'll see you, buddy, Friday. Bye, bye now. Bye-bye. Here we go now.